is five past ten. <laughs> Did you see the time? And we're supposed to stop at half past ten. Is that correct? <laughs> right. And I like when I go to um, Catholic church functions, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a funeral, whatever it, the case may be, uh, the family will do whatever they do, you'll do your program, you'll go up and down and so on. And when the priest takes over, he tells you, I have one hour. All right? So you have been doing your things and nobody was impatient with you. <laughs> I have one hour. <laughs> yeah, and then he will start with his incense, you know, and uh, he will go on. All right. Um, we are all aware that uh, we, the People's Church, we are a Pentecostal church. I hope that yeah, we are, we, are, we are a Pentecostal church. And uh, the weakness, the weakness of Pentecostal churches is uh, when you come in into our church at any given time, I mean, people come, the people have been here one year, two years, three years. If you come in the 10th year into the church, uh, we don't inaugurate you in any way, okay? You just come, you are a member of the church, and we just proceed from where the syllabus was. We don't go back and say, uh, you are a new member, and uh, we believe certain things, and we are going to give you the syllabus from the beginning, and so that you know what we believe, okay? And uh, if you go to the, what we call now mainline churches, they have what they call a class, okay? So you must go through the class, okay? If you're a new member, you don't start with us where we are, you must attend classes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Correct, so uh, in the Pentecostal church, we don't have a curriculum, okay? We don't have a syllabus, you know, we just roll with... <laughs> What do you say? You, you roll with the punches, you know. <laughs> we, just, we just do it that way. So, and as a result, uh, you know, the other time I was talking to somebody who is in a Pentecostal church, and I was saying to him, I mean, tell me, what, 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 what do you believe? I mean, what, what, what is the church about? And then he said so many things and so on and so on. And at the core of it, is that if I ask everyone individually and say, what do we believe? What do we believe in this church? What do we believe? What do we believe? We'll say different things, isn't it? Because we, we don't have a syllabus, a curriculum to say to you, this is what we believe. This is what we stand for. Okay. And the teaching that I'm going to give this morning is actually very fundamental. So, you know, everybody who comes into our church, we must start with that and say, come, we have at last, you know. And then one of the things that we are going to talk to you about is this. The, the mystery, the mystery of Christ. And then the scripture that we have given there, um, it talks about the fact that it has been revealed to the apostles and 
the prophets. So, so the mystery has been revealed. We, we are not looking for the revelation of the ministry. It has been revealed already. And it has been revealed to the apostles and to the prophets. Okay. And then I hope this teaching this morning helps you to open up a lot of things when you've studied the Bible. For example, what uh, Boma Gorilla was saying here now, the Samaritan woman was talking to Jesus, who is a Jew. And she says something very, very interesting, that the Jews and the Samaritans, they don't intermingle. Actually, a Jewish man was not sup supposed to talk to a Samaritan woman. When, when, when he saw her and recognized that she was a Samaritan, he was supposed to pass by the way. Because the Lord did not allow the Jews to mix with other people. And that's what I'm saying. As, as we go along, I hope, I hope this teaching this morning opens a lot of things for us as we, 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 we study the, the scriptures. All right, let's go to, I, I just want to start, I'm going to talk about three stories quickly, and then I'll come to Ephesians uh, chapter 3, where we talk about, about the mystery. Something which I want you to be aware of, God has his way of working, God has his way in which he operates. And that's why the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, there must be no confusion in the house of God. And it even talks about the fact that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So we cannot say, no, you know what, it was, it was the spirit. You know, the spirit was moving and the spirit was moving. We are, no, 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 no. The Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. There should be no confusion in the house of God. So let, let's look at uh, these three stories. The first story, uh, the, the person that we're going to talk about is a Jew. And there's the other two stories, the people that we're going to talk about are Gentiles. Okay, and maybe let me just quickly uh, just talk about these two uh, because the mystery of the gospel is really about this. So let's just quickly talk about the, the two kind of people, the, the, the Gentiles and the Jews. Okay. So, remember that God chose Abraham out of all humanity. And then he gave him a promise. And then later on, he has a son called Isaac. And Isaac has how many sons? Isaac has two sons. Okay. One of the sons is called Jacob. Are we, are we right? Okay. And then God changes the name of Jacob and he says to him, now you are going to be called Israel. All right. And then we know that uh, the Israelites, um, they are then taken into captivity. Okay, they go. <laughs> okay, they go. They go into captivity. Uh, initially, when they went there, they were not going to, to captivity. They, there was hunger, so they go to Egypt because there's food in Egypt. Okay, and we know that God sent Joseph ahead of them. Yeah, into Egypt. Okay, and then they are in, uh, in Egypt for, for quite some time. And by the way, you are aware that Egypt is in Africa. Okay. So, 
Then the children of Israel become slaves in Egypt, in Africa. Is that correct? Okay. So if you thought, you know, sometimes we as Africans, we, we look down on ourselves. We think that being Western uh, is more pre prestigious than being, being African. And that's why sometimes we even think that if, if you speak good English, it means that you are wise, you are intelligent. By the way, that's, that <laughs> has nothing to do with anything. Okay. There's a joke that uh, one Afri African man went to, to England. And then when he was there, when he came back, he was saying to people, you know, the children there, they are very, very, very good. They learn English. They know, they know English from this small, you know. <laughs> As if English is a, it's, 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 it's something. Okay. So, so there, are, there are slaves in, in Africa. Um, and then God, through, um, through miraculous ways, he sets them free. And then we go, they go back to the land that God promised Abraham that they will inherit the, in, in Canaan. Okay. And all the wars which are fought all over the world, even today between uh, Ukraine and Russia, wars are fought on the basis of the land. All right. And in South Africa, this question of poli some politicians who want to benefit from the fact that you don't have land, who want, want to give you land back and so on, it's not a new thing. It's an international problem. I mean, if you follow the, the news now, some disputes between China and India about some land and so forth. So what God does is these people, the Israelites, don't have a land, and then they have to go and get other people's lands. Okay, and then that's basically what happens there. All right. And then later on, we know the story. Uh, the children of Israel were how many in number? The children of Jacob. He had 12 children. Eh? But how many women? But how many women? One. <laughs> Four. Four. Jacob had 12 children by... Four women, four women. His two wives, his two wives, his two wives, the daughters of Lot, and then they are servants. <laughs> okay, all right, no, it's fine. Remember, this is this is what I said about our issue, ne? As Pentecostals, ne? Yeah, we have a, we have an issue there. Okay. So he had twelve children by four women. And then the, the, one that, the one that he loved the most, how many children did he have with her? Two. Okay. Good. That was good. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Right. And then later on, uh, the 12 tribes divide into two groups. Okay. 10 and 2. Is that, is that fine? Okay. And that's when that uh, Makwaranda uh, was talking about here. By the way, do you know that the Samaritans are Israelites, but they're not Jews? Okay. No, it's fine. Remember the Berians? What did the Berians do? They went home and they checked if the preacher was right in what he was saying. 
Okay, so you do that. You go home and you check these stories. Okay, so now we end up with basically two groups of people, the Jews and the Gentiles. The, 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 remember, the, 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 the um, Samaritans are Israelites who have mixed with the other people. The Jews are the pure ones. Okay, so now basically you have, uh, and okay, sometimes, you know, when you read the Bible, we will talk about Israel, okay, and then we'll talk about the Jews, but, I mean, the, the Gentiles. But what I want to say is, if you are not born a Jew, it means that you are a Gentile. If you're not born an Israelite, it means that you are a Gentile. So me and you are Gentiles, okay? And what does it mean to be a Gentile? It means that God did not choose you. <laughs> Is that fine? Being a Gentile means what? God didn't choose you. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I must make you say like we do, we do in the charismatic churches. Say to your neighbor, God did not choose me. <laughs> okay. All right, it's fine. I'm, I'm going to come back to this. I just want to tell you the three stories, and then I'll, I'll come back to this. I want us to look at the manner in which God operates. And I'm going to start with the story of Apollos. And we read from Acts chapter 18. Okay, from now, I'll, I'll be mostly reading. I'll be mostly reading the scriptures. When Paul writes to Timothy, he says to him, you must excel in the public reading of scriptures. You must excel in the public reading of the scriptures. Acts chapter 18. We start from 24. It says, Meanwhile, a Jew, and you must take note of that as we read, because we will be saying a Jew or a Gentile, a Jew or a Gentile, okay? A Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus, he was a, and I want you to see that he was a learned man with a, with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. Okay? Learned man with thorough knowledge of the scriptures. Verse 25. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately. Okay? He taught about Jesus accurately. Though he knew, he, he knew only the baptism of John. Okay? And actually, as you read in the book of Acts, you'll see that uh, uh, when Paul talks to people who have given their lives to the Lord, so he'll, he will ask them, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? They will say, no, we've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've only been baptized in the baptism of John. And he'll say, no, no, the baptism of John was for repentance from sins. Okay? Although he was baptized by John, they will go and baptize them again when they got, when they got saved. Okay, that's, that's, that's what happened. So, Apollos also only knew about the baptism of John. He didn't know about the baptism in Jesus, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He didn't know about that. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. 
Okay. And remember the, the characteristics of this man. He's a learned man. He has got thorough knowledge of, of the scriptures. He was instructed in the ways of the Lord. So when he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, when Priscilla and Aquila, this is husband and wife name, they had him. They invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Okay. If it was me, uh, with my learning and my thorough knowledge of scripture, nobody will tell me anything. Because I'm, I know it all. That's not how God works. Apollos is called upon to be given more teachings and he relents, he gives in, he allows himself to be taught. Okay, so that's the first thing. We have to be open to learning, irrespective of where we are already. And that is what will enable us to make progress in our lives. So that's the first story about how God works. The second one I'm going to read is the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. All right. Ethiopia is in Africa. Okay, no, just, just, let's, let's just put it out there. I mean, yeah, yeah. Ethiopia is in Africa. So this man came from Africa, and then he went to Jerusalem. Okay, let's just read this story. Acts uh, chapter 8 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Gandake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Okay. And by the way, in worldly speaking, I mean, this guy has it all. He's the minister of finance in Ethiopia. He has a very, very, very high, high status. All right? And he says in 28, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Okay, I wish you, you could have seen this chariot. You know, your Maybach and your uh, Range Rovers and what have you would not come closer to this uh, particular chariot this man was sitting in. I mean, this was luxury at its best. Okay. <laughs> so he's sitting in his chariot and on his way home, he was sitting in the chariot, he was reading the book of the prophet Isaiah. He was reading the book of the prophet Isaiah. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran to the chariot and he had the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand? Philip asks him, what, do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked him. And you see, and this is, this is the, the very important question 
that we have to ask ourselves many times. When you read, do you understand what you are reading? Uh, because <laughs> I, was, I was in a uh, funeral uh, night vigil, and, you know, and there was this man who was, was preaching there. You know, you know in, in the vigil, everybody can come up and say something. You know, you know what I'm talking about, ne? All right. And then he was reading that scripture which says, uh, we don't have a permanent home here. This is only a tent, but we have, we have a home in heaven. Okay, yeah. And then he started interpreting it, you know. And then he said, you know, as you go around doing good in the world, you're throwing a zinc there. And then if you're doing something, you're throwing, throwing a brick there. You know, and then you throw a tile there. You know, by the time you finish, your mansion will be built there. Okay. <laughs> so he asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And this man says something very interesting. He says, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And you know, this man was rich. I mean, how many rich people would invite you to come and say, I, I don't understand it? Because people think that if they have money, you know, or status or position, that they know everything. You can't tell them anything. Okay. <laughs> we, don't want to, we don't want to go too much into that. So money doesn't make you wise. It doesn't make you knowledgeable. You know, it's money. You have money. And we don't quarrel with your money. It's a good thing to have money. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, because, I mean, sometimes in the Pentecost churches will say, even if you have money, you don't have Jesus. No, no. No, no, no. It's fine. You can have money. You know, it's not a bad thing. I care if you have money, you have worked for it, unless you have stolen it. You know? So... So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the, the eunuch was reading. He was, he, he was reading this part which says, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of, of his descendants? For his life was taken uh, from the earth. And then it goes on to say, verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about here, himself or someone else? And very important, remember Jesus on his road to Emmaus with the disciples did exactly what uh, Philip is going to do here. Then Philip began with very, that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. He starts exactly with that scripture and he tells him the good news about Jesus. And then as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in my way of being baptized? What I wanted to see with the first story, Apollos needed Priscilla and Aquila. In the second story, the Ethiopian eunuch needed Philip to explain to him some stuff. Okay. Now, let's come to the last story. Our last story is the story of Cornelius. Remember, the first story was about Apollos, a Jew. The second one, the eunuch, is a Gentile. And now we are coming to the story of Cornelius, who's also a Gentile. 
Acts chapter 10. Verse 1 says, At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. So this man was a, some ranking, high-ranking official in the army, and he had 100 men under his command. Verse 2 says, He and his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Okay, and then, I mean, so what, what else does he need? You know, it's a God-fearing man. He's giving whatever he needs to give to people, and he prays regularly. It's fine, isn't it? Don't you think that is fine? Okay, talk to me. <laughs> you, you think it's fine? Okay. Now, verse 3, it says, One day, at about 3 in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. So God has seen your giving and God has heard your prayers. And then verse 5 says, now, this is what God says to Cornelius, now send to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter. Okay? So, God is going to use his apostle. You remember the story of uh, Lazarus uh, and the, poor, then the rich man? That the rich man died and then he was in a place of torment and then he said to Lazarus, uh, he said uh, uh, to God that he, God must send uh, some people to his brothers. He's got, he had five brothers that he loved, and they were all lost. He says, no, send somebody there. And what does God say to him? They have their prophets with them. And if they don't hear them, they will not listen to anybody else. Okay. So God uses his, his people. So, okay, then I'm, 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 just, I'm just keeping there. Uh, so this, this man was sent by Cornelius, and they went there, and then um, they looked for this place, and, and they got it, and then uh, Peter was just ready to go and eat breakfast, and the Bible says uh, he went into a trance, and he saw heaven open, and something like a large sheet being laid down to earth by four corners, Okay? And this sheet contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the Jews were not allowed to eat anything. There were certain kind of animals that they were not allowed to eat. So in this sheet, there are also those animals which they're not allowed to eat. Okay? So then the voice uh, told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Okay? Verse 14, Peter says, Surely not, Lord. 
I have never eaten anything in, in pure or unclean. Okay. Then the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. All right. And then verse 16 says, this happened three times. Okay. And then if I was a, I was a charismatic preacher, I'll take the number three. You know, and tell you about the number three, you know, and tell you about that we've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then I'll go on and on about the number three, okay? And that's not the issue. That's what I'm saying to you sometimes. And then if I was doing that, and then all of you will, will be up on your feet, you know, jumping. And <laughs> that's not the issue. That's not the issue. That's not the issue. This thing happened three times. And immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven, Okay? While Peter, okay, no, no, I'm just skipping the other verses there. While Peter was still thinking about this vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Okay, and then I'm skipping the other things there. I mean, you can read there. Then it says, verse 24 says, The following day, Peter arrived in Caesarea, Cornelius was expecting them, and he had called together his relatives and close friends. Because Cornelius didn't know what, what was this about. Why, why is God asking me to call for this particular man? And uh, because he was a devout man, he loved people, he called his friends and he called his relatives and says, you know what, God said we, we must go and get this person to come. Okay, because God didn't even tell him exactly what this Peter was coming for. Okay. And there's, a, there's great significance here. Peter is a devout Jew. He's a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's part of the church. But there's something that he doesn't understand fully. He still believes and thinks that salvation belongs only to the Jews and not to the to us who have not been chosen by God from the beginning. Okay. And then, verse 28, he said to them, listen to what Peter says to this congregation which is meeting. He says, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with, to associate with or visit a Gentile. And why? Because the Gentile is unclean. The Gentile is impure. So if a Jew associated or visited a Gentile, he would become unclean. So if uh, you, you, you lived in a, in a Jewish community and you were a Jew, you were a, a Gentile, you were, you, were, you were an outcast. Please don't come. Hey, what's happening? What is this person? What does this person want here? Hey, get away, you, you know, Gentile. And he goes on to say, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Remember when God was showing him that shit, okay? And he was saying to him, kill and eat. So God was saying to him, don't call anything unclean, which I, I'm, not, I'm not calling unclean. 
Then Peter began to speak. And he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. God does not show favoritism. And actually, you see, the, the question of favoritism and favor are two different things. Okay? And Uncle Matabula will teach about that another, another day. <laughs> so, God does not show, God shows favor, but not favoritism. Okay, something to think about there. But that he accepts every, every nation, but he accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. The one who fears him, and because he fears him, he does what is right. Okay. God accepts them. And then, uh, then I'm skipping the other things there. And he says, uh, this is what Peter says. And Boma uh, Quarela and John, they spoke about this whole thing about this. All, all scriptures are God-inspired. Okay. And if you read in Peter, Peter says, there is no prophecy which is for private interpretation. There's no, pri there's no prophecy for, I cannot say, you know what, God has revealed to me. Okay, who are you? Okay? There's no private interpretation. There's only one interpretation. You know, sometimes I say to people, Sometimes the way we, 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 preach, we preach the gospel, if, if the gospel was a subject like accounting that you're supposed to go and write, and then me, I have a different flavor of accounting. Another one has another flavor of accounting. Another one. When you're going to write the exam, what are you going to write? Because the exam is about <laughs> that one accounting, or biology, or whatever the case may be. So, so we can't have many interpretations. People say, no, no, the Bible, you know, you can, you can interpret it any way you like, you know. You know, me, I see this way, you see that way, somebody, you know, we all see the same uh, differently. That is not the Bible of God. There's only one interpretation. Because no, pro no prophecy is for private interpretation. Okay, you can do what you like and say what you like. We must stick with what the scriptures are teaching. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> it says, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who had the message. And this is very significant for, this, for the Jewish believers. Now listen what it says. Now the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gifts of the Holy Spirit had been given to the Gentiles. Because in their estimation, in their understanding, the Spirit of God cannot come onto an impure vessel. So now they are surprised. Oh, they are also getting the Holy Spirit. And they say it's because they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of them being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as us Jews have. And then, in chapter 11, very interesting, 
Uh, the apostles and the believers throughout Judea, they heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. And you think that they will be happy that the Gentiles received the word of God, isn't it? Okay, but listen. So when Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him. And they said to him, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and you ate with them. So what kind of a Jew are you going into the house of uncircumcised men and then eating with them? Okay, let's come to the mystery of Christ. What is the mystery of Christ? So we have seen the division between the Jews and the Gentiles. And we've seen how serious a matter this is. Okay. And then, uh, by the way, you, you'll be aware that all the, all the epistles of Paul were written to the Gentiles. Is that correct? Even the letter to Timothy, because Timothy's father was actually a Greek. Are you aware of that? His mother was Jew. Okay. All right, let's, 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 let's take it one step at a time. No problem. Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. So Paul was set apart even before he was born, you must read that when God talks to him in the book of Acts uh, on his way uh, when he was hit by a lightning. That God chose him even before he was born that he was going to be an apostle to the Gentiles. So Paul says, now I am in prison for the sake of you, Gentiles. And he says, sure, surely, you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, the Gentiles. God gave me the grace to become an apostle for you, the Gentiles. And he goes on to say, that, that, is, that is the mystery made known to me by revelation as I've already written briefly. So God gives the Apostle Paul this ministry by revelation. And he says, in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. And verse 5 says, this mystery was not made known to people in other generations. It has, it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. And if you read in the first book of Peter, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, even the angels wished to look into this. And the prophets, as they were prophesying, they were looking for a time that they couldn't understand what this time was about. And that's why the Bible says they were looking for a city whose architect is God. 
And he says, this mystery, now he tells us what the mystery is. This ministry, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. So now as Gentiles, because of this mystery of Christ, we become heirs with Israel. Members together of one body and share us together in the promise in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. And let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul explains this thing in much more, much more details, this, this mystery. He says, therefore, remember that formerly, remember the Ephesians are Gentile, Gentile Christians, just like us, Gentile Christians. Those who were not chosen, those who were outside, those who had no hope, those who had no God. He says, therefore, remember that formerly, you who are Gentiles by birth, and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by, by human hands. Remember that at the time, you were separate from Christ. You were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. That's what we are, Gentiles. It goes on to say, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have, 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 have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And that's what we're doing this morning, isn't it? Reminding ourselves of the great price that Christ paid for our sins, for us to be brought in, to be included. For he himself, Christ, is our peace, who has made the two groups. Remember the two groups is the Jews and the Gentiles. He has made the two groups one, and he has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with his commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And that's the mystery of Christ. That the Jews who were accepted, who were heirs, and the Gentiles who are outside, far away without God, have been brought together. And that was the whole purpose why our Lord Jesus Christ came. And verse 16 says, And in one body to reconcile both of, both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. For he himself is our peace and has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier and the dividing wall of hostility. Now, this mystery 
it's not a mystery anymore. It has been revealed. Although the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, if our gospel is hidden, is hidden from those whose were those who the devils who the devil has blinded their minds so that they may not be able to see. Okay, the worship team can, can come forward. So, the mystery has been revealed. So, our responsibility is to make sure that we continue to study the word of God and we continue to come to church to be taught. And we continue to be open-minded, willing to be, to be taught. And something which, I, you know what, I want, to ask, I want to ask you this morning. We have a big problem in the church. Not only in our church here. Most churches. I mean, you come here, you are a member of our church, isn't it? And then we have been entrusted with a responsibility to teach you, to help you to grow in the Lord. Okay? But now... What you then do, you go and you join this WhatsApp group of that prayer group, and that WhatsApp group of that other church, and that WhatsApp. And then, now when you come to church every Sunday, you, you come here a confused person. <laughs> do you hear what I'm saying? You come here confused because what we are teaching here, you can't even hear it. And but is it not better, good people, if I don't like this church and its teachings, that I go to the church that I like? I mean, is that not fair? So that I'm not confused and I'm not confusing anybody. You know, I was saying to one lady, um, I was saying to her, she was telling me, you know, I belong to this WhatsApp group, that prayer group, that because in our church these things are not happening. I'm saying, but, you know, I, I, said, to, I said to her, look, imagine this, imagine this. I mean, I have children, okay? And then my children, my son, my son says, Daddy, I'm fine with being a member of this family, you know, but I like the Matebola family more, you know, and I want to spend more time with Ndate Matebola. I want to hear Ndate Matebola. Ndate Matebola has something that you don't have. Can you imagine that? Oh, but I'm Okay, it's all right. Thank you. <laughs>